Welcome, welcome to the Creative Minds Podcast. I am so grateful that you chose my podcast to listen to, where we have raw, honest conversations that leave you inspired, empowered, learning something new, and give you tips and advice to make you feel unstuck. So this is your host, Ida Tilio, and I'm super excited for you to check out this episode. So welcome everyone to another episode of The Creative Minds. Joining me here today is Lane Carlson. So Lane, can you start off by introducing yourself? Hi, my name is Lane Carlson. Uh, I work as a transformational coach and medicine guide for people. So those that are seeking alternative ways um, outside of the pharmaceutical route, uh, they usually come to me um, and it's just a lot from my own personal experience of what I've learned that's worked along the way. And, uh, you know, with my own diagnosis, diagnosed with depression as a kid and moving through my own trials and tribulations of the world, as we all do, and just learning different practices to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can go into more detail of that with the yeah. travels and everything. Yeah. 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 So can you just dive deep into your story and how could a young child have depression? How did you know what depression meant? And then how did that journey kind of take you to travel around and really figure out what the right uh, medicine is? And yeah, just go ahead. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I, I had no idea, you know, at the age of 13 or 14 years old, what, you know, what depression was, you know, it was uh, all of a sudden, I just remember this feeling of darkness coming in and being sad and being, you know, pulling away from my family and um, not being able to sleep. And uh, it was really bizarre for me because I was such a fun, active kid. That was always, that was never, I was never sad. And all of a sudden this just hit me. And so later in life, what I've figured out, I went back to school, I got my master's degree in spiritual psychology. And one of the, one of the, um, uh, it's a thing called a geneogram. So one of our practices and principles was um, basically understanding a geneogram, which is basically your family tree. Yeah. So imagine a tree, but they, instead of, you know, just the people, you have family traits that come down through the tree. So from, and that w- w- what you have to do is, and this is a great way for, I think everybody should do this. You map out your tree, you talk to your relatives, talk to your gra- grandparents, your mom and dad, and you just start asking questions uh, about where alcohol, was there anybody in your family an alcoholic? Had anybody experienced trauma, abuse, molestation, um, goes into addictions, everything. So you just map it out. And so what I was doing is I saw from both sides of my family, uh, addiction and uh, depression. Depression was a heavy one that ran on both sides. And I just happened to be a focal point of that energy coming back down through the tree. So it wasn't anything that I specifically did or something that really happened to me. It was, you know, this can be a cause of it is it's, you know, it's passed down through the traits. Another way I looked at it is we become part of our tribe. And in a subconscious way, my, both of my parents had suffered from depression. And in a way, my subconscious was saying, oh, I, I can belong to this family unit by taking on this feeling as well. Mm-hmm. Now I realize I don't have to do that. I, you know, it's not part of me. I don't have to take that on. Mm-hmm. But at a young age, you just, that's, that's what happened. Um, and so, uh, and, you know, my, like I said, my parents both suffered from depression. So I was, you know, a candidate for it. Yeah. And lucky. And, but I'm so glad that I did experience it at that time because I started learning really how to take care of myself. I understood wellness from a very young age and mindfulness before I even knew what mindfulness was you know it was really my mom giving me the the excuse or uh, or planting the seed of of, look you just got to take care of yourself if you want to get better because I told her I didn't want to take prescription pills I was like this is not this doesn't feel right even as a kid I was like what this is so banana I'm not I don't want to take pills for the rest of my life yeah like all right, what, what makes you happy? And I was like, well, uh, you know, as a little kid, you're like a plane outside, um, you know, watching funny movies, playing sports. I was big into sports. And so she's like, yeah, go do that. 
and it took a while, you know, it took a, a few months and, you know, it was just that glimmer of hope of like, oh, I will get better. She told me I was going to get better. And I think that's what people need to understand is you will get better. You know, it's, you're not going to be in that rut forever. You, sometimes you have to really start changing the way you think, the way you talk to yourself. Um, a lot of it goes into the diet, the sleep. Um, and so I learned that from a very young age. And I'll tell you, so my journey going into a lot of the different alternative ways of healing and plant medicines really started from my own journey again later in life. Um, feelings of depression and sadness started coming up. This was in my late 20s. And um, I, I basically ended up going in and saying, well, look, I, there's one way of handling this, which is you know, going into unconscious relationships or numbing through, you know, alcohol or, you know, painkillers, antidepressants. And I was like, no, I want to go figure this out. I've heard these whispers of meditation and I heard about plant medicine. And, um, and so I, I decided to go in and I did a 10 day Vipassana retreat it was a meditation retreat. Um, and then my world started opening up. I found um, ayahuasca, which is a plant medicine from the jungle. Um, I ended up finding then, you know, these different shamans, these different healers started coming into my life. I, I just started meeting all these new people and it fascinated me. It fascinated me that these medicines from the jungle from thousands of years ago are able to heal you. It opened my world to another world outside of the physical world reality, it allowed me to shed layers that no longer serve me anymore. It allowed me to see parts of myself um, that really shine and that parts of myself and gave me direction of where I need to go. Mm -hmm. And so it was really just a powerful, powerful experience. And that's what led me now to starting What's Your Medicine is to open up people to these other worlds, to these worlds of plant medicine. So I, I ended up going in, this was again, when the feelings of darkness or depression started coming up later in my life, I, I decided to go inside and start you know, analyzing what's happening within me. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned is uh, we have issues, but it's how you treat the issue is the issue, if that makes sense. How you treat the issue is the issue. Okay. So if something bad happens to you and you're like, oh, poor me, pity me, you know, go into the victim mode of everything and the world's against me and my life sucks. Okay, great. You know, yeah that's going to be a fun place to live then. Now, yeah. <laughs> what I decided to do is like I, different ways I can treat this and different ways I can look at these um, obstacles. And the one thing that's consistent is how you can react to what happens to you. And so what uh, meditation brings for me, and that's, that's really, I'll, I'll dive into that one. I went into a 10-day Vipassana retreat which is a silent retreat. This is the first medicine that I experienced for myself. Okay. Was and so it was a 10-day Vipassana retreat in Joshua Tree. There's no eye contact. There's no reading. There's no writing. They don't even want you to do physical activity, you know, exercise. Maybe a little light stretching, but it's literally for 8 to 14 hours a day you are in meditation. And that was like breaking the wild horse. Um, imagine... <laughs> We're used to sitting, you know, maybe for an hour at a time, that's fine, you know, and we always get our little, we always move around and little, but they want you to stay so present and so still. And my body was on fire. Like my knees were hurting, my back was hurting. And I'll be honest with you, I hated it for seven days. Yeah. And by the seventh day, I finally, boom, I finally broke through the veil and I was, and I felt great. You just feel in this Buddha state, you know, completely blissed out yeah. and they, you a practice every single night it was per mm. perfected by this guy named professor goinka um, from india who cured himself of migraines he had severe migraines to the point where you know his family was in textiles they had a lot of money he traveled the world met every single doctor in the world not everyone but mm. a lot of the top ones trying to cure his mig migraines and nothing was going to work until he went back to his hometown in India and a friend of him recommended Vipassana. And he was able to cure himself through his mind, through his mindfulness of these migraines. Mm -hmm. And so it's very popular. And there's Vipassana retreats all over the world now. Mm -hmm. It 
on donation basis. You give what you get out of it. So you've got anywhere from waitresses to Fortune 500 company owners going into these experiences and learning about themselves. Mm -hmm. And and um, so that was an important practice. You know that allowed me the um, that allowed me the basis for everything else that I then went on to my journeys as far as plant medicines and. And boy, uh, man, did that open up into a opened up Pandora's box, if you yeah. will, going <laughs> to the world of ayahuasca and Cambo and Bufo and um, you name it. So, so a question, what, so did you not speak? How, so how many hours of the day did you just stay still? Like, was it the full day? Yeah, you, you have one opportunity to speak. If you have a question for the teacher, you can book a one-on-one -on -one session with them. And you can talk for 20 minutes. They give you a lot of time. If you have questions, you can ask. And I took advantage every day so I could at least, you know, talk yeah. to somebody. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I, you are not speaking. You go, you will wake up. We're up at 4.30 in the morning. We're, we do a, an hour meditation before sunrise. And then you, we have a little break. You get a bite to eat. And then you go back and you continue these practices. Like I said, every night you get a new practice and then you will practice that technique throughout the day. Mm. And it simple as, you know, becoming aware of your breath and seeing how it works through your body as it goes in through the nose to the back of the throat. And then you're working on bringing um, awareness or sensation throughout different parts of your body through your breath. Mm -hmm. And we can do that. Like you can sense you know, I'm not touching my skin, but I can sense where that, where that part of my skin is right now. And you work on bringing awareness to different parts of your body that way. Um, so it's a powerful experience, powerful technique. Um, they want you to do hour in the morning, hour at night. I now practice, I get up in the morning and it's a 20 minute meditation in the morning. And yeah. That's what I've found works for me. So what is the purpose of having no eye contact? That was the first time I've ever heard like no eye contact. Yeah. Well, if you think about it this way, they don't want you to be pulled out of any experience. They, they want you to be so contained in yourself and your thoughts. If you make eye contact with somebody and they, you know, they give you like a, a weird face or they're, yeah. you know, wanting to engage, it pulls you out and it's their, their soul or their, that person then is on your mind. Mm. And so they want you to be distracted. That's the biggest thing. There's no distractions. Mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a part of the meditation too, where, you know, if I could be sitting here in my meditation, but then I open my eyes and I look out the window and then I'm, you know, then I'm scratching and then I'm going here. It, it, it's a, a practice to make you aware and present and not to not be distracted. Mm -hmm. So and when you say meditation, because meditation can mean different things for different people. So what does meditation mean to you? Well, meditation to me is a form of stillness. And I look at meditation as, um, imagine a glass of muddy water. Mm -hmm. If I stir it, all the mud is, is, is it's like a tornado of mud and soup. But if I slowly let the glass sit, that mud and the debris will slowly make its way to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And it's still there, but it's not stirred up. So mindfulness to me is that. It's that still water. It's allowing, um, it's allowed these issues to not be disturbed and let them settle at the bottom. So, and, and it's a practice. It's a, it's, um, it's a mindfulness practice. For me, it is that form of um, a safe container that I can trust every single day, mm -hmm. knowing that I'm going to start my day and there's going to be a lot thrown at me and uh, I can react different ways to it. But if I can start my every single day in this peaceful place, you know, then I can, then I'm ready to take on the chaos. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it just sitting down and just focusing on your breath and how breath moves into your body or is it through journaling? Is it what, it, what works for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really uh, for meditation. It's just sitting there and in mm -hmm. stillness and um, eyes closed, no music, no nothing, just mm -hmm. quiet. Mm -hmm. Other people like guided meditations. You know, mm -hmm. they like me. They like you know, they like hearing somebody's voice. But for mm -hmm. me, it's 
you know, if I don't do it first thing in the morning, forget it. It's not going to happen. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And and what does it feel after meditation? So now you finish meditation. Do you get insights as you meditate? Uh, do you just calm yourself down? What happens after meditation or during meditation? Well, during meditation, um, you're really a, a lot of thoughts will still come in. What what happens is you just want to make peace with them and let them go. So really what you're bringing your awareness and your focus on is nothing. You want to focus on maybe it's just your breath. And for me, I don't want to be thinking during that time. So yeah. really during meditation, you want to just be aware of breath. And that's a good way, just focusing on that nice natural inhale and that exhale. And thoughts come in, but just make peace with them and let them go. Um, so really that's my, that's my focus and that's what I get out of it. Afterwards, mm -hmm. You know, you just feel at peace and you feel mm -hmm. um, it's almost like a, a deep sleep that you're coming out of waking up from. You're like, ah, you feel mm -hmm. rested, you feel um, recharged and you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I've listened to one of your videos as well. And you, you talk about how you get some insight and how you feel guided to do certain things. What does it mean to be guided? What does it mean to have insight? How do you know that this is? Um, a higher power that is guiding you to take this path? Yeah, it's a good question. And you have to really learn to trust wh whose voice that is. Yeah. Because I could have the voice of the ego, which is, can keep you down and can, you know, um, you know, make you do certain things that maybe is not for your highest good. Mm -hmm. So it's a practice to learn what is your highest good and what is the ego speaking. Mm -hmm. The ego safe so it's a good thing but it's it's a practice over the years um and what i always tend to do and this is a good practice for the listeners too is um you can ask yourself is this uh is this coming from my heart and from my highest good and you start learning how to communicate with that mm -hmm. you know your ego is one that will be like um ah that person sucks ah, or you're no good and uh, oh you shouldn't do that that's too scary Mm -hmm. uh, but for your highest good, if what you're hearing is really from a truly heart-centered place um, to better yourself and others, typically that's something that you can trust. And it is a practice. You have to learn, um, you know, um, what you're listening to and how you're listening to it. And does it resonate with your heart? And is it going to be better for you and others? That's really the practice of your highest self or mm -hmm. your um, uh uh, something more much bigger than yourself speaking to you mm -hmm. uh, whether god i don't care what god you believe in um there is a higher power out mm -hmm. there and sit and listen that's a big practice with meditation mm -hmm. is when apply those breaks and just listen more information can come through Mm -hmm. And when you say kind of information comes through, do you mean epiphanies or is it that you feel guided to do certain things like you feel guided to travel to a certain place? Because I know someone who's like, you know what, he kind of gets guided into to, let's say, investing in something or to traveling to this place and start his business there. So is that true as well? Yeah, it's very true. And you can do things uh, like it's called setting an intention. So my intention for this meditation is to really get clear on, um, is this the right person to hire for my next job uh, or for my company? Um, and you sit in that silence and allow the information to come through. Mm -hmm. And so you can get, and you can get insights that way by setting your attention and allow the information to come in. So applying the brakes, slowing things down, allow the information to come through. It's a powerful way. If you can just mm -hmm. listen, that's yeah. another part of it, is just sit and listen mm -hmm. to what, what thoughts are coming in and what information is coming in. Mm -hmm. It's a powerful I way because we can get caught in the chaos, right? You know, we're like, oh my God, I got to do this. Whatever. And then all of a sudden you're just, you're in a tailspin of like back and forth what I need to do. But if you can trust, okay. You know, mm -hmm. let me just take a breath and let me take on the world from that place of mm -hmm. stillness. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think one of the first things going through that journey is like, how do I really know that this is my higher self speaking? How do I know this is an insight? How do I know this is the truth? And like you said, it's yeah. like a feeling that you get within you. It's just a knowingness 
um, yeah. that feels so right. Um, so going back to the first step that you talked about, like studying your family and going back to the history and the traumas and how that kind of accumulated to you, it also makes me think of genetics. And is this what they mean by genetics and having genetic diseases? Is it because of this energy? Um, so my question here is, um, how can you, because you said you can remove those and not be part of that continuous strain of negativity or addictions that are going to you. How can you break free of that? What can you do? Well, a, a big part of that, my journeys now into the plant medicine is mm -hmm. releasing a lot of that. And so uh, in the jungle, they called it a panema or a dark energy. And so there are ways and forms of doing it. First of all, you can do it without psychedelics. You can do it without plant medicine. Yeah. You choose to do it. You can choose to not be part of that. If it's yeah. not served by as good, you have the choice. Um, a big part of it is, is journaling or also making the conscious choice of, look, I am not, I have, let's say, uh, for example, I have a disease, but I am not that disease. Mm -hmm. I've maybe diagnosed with something, but I am not that disease. I would say people with cancers or depression or anxiety. Um, I've been diagnosed with this, but I am not that. That does not define me. That is not who I am. So it's a choice that you make. And it's a conscious choice you speak to yourself. And it's yeah. a conscious choice you speak to the universe and those around you that this, this does not define me. This is not who I am. Um, and then the journey into plant medicine also allows you to see that. Um, I always say it's like 20 years of psychotherapy in, a, in one evening of sitting with, for example, um, ayahuasca, mm -hmm. which is a very powerful brew coming from the jungle. Mm -hmm. And so within those experiences, you can see parts of yourself and it is a physical purge. If you think of it this way, we're all vibrational beings, mm -hmm. traumas, uh, these whatever, if it's a trauma or um, these obstacles or diseases that happen to us, something will happen to us, it's stored into our body. Cellu mm -hmm. Cellular memory, it's stored into our body. The way with ayahuasca and other plant medicines from the jungle is a way of detoxing and releasing these energies mm -hmm. from your body. So that's another way of basically purging from within what no longer serves you and letting mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. And so everyone listening to this, what if, uh, like, can you just explain what do you mean by ayahuasca? What do you mean by plant medicine? What are those? How do you use them? What about yeah. what, what the psychedelics mean? And if yeah. you support them and yeah. Yeah, there's a whole, I mean, that is uh, probably a three hour conversation of all of those. Yeah. But I will give you the, the broad basis for those listeners coming in and you're hearing the word ayahuasca, mm -hmm. um, I offer you to go do some research and see if it's right for you. There's, there's a lot of information out there on ayahuasca, but I'll give you the um, more of the broad strokes. And I did a mini documentary on ayahuasca. So it is taking a, a root uh, or a vine from, from the jungle. This is how these shamans from thousands of years discovered how to make this is beyond me, mm -hmm. but a vine and a leaf. So it's called a uh, ayahuasca vine in a tracuna leaf and they will mix those and boil them down with water and it creates a brew called ayahuasca mm -hmm. and brought a sense of saying it but it's a it's a brew coming out of the jungle made of a vine and leaves and so what happens is when you consume this you take about an ounce or a half an ounce and it activates dimethyltryptamine in your brain mm -hmm. and DMT, so i'm sure you've uh, people have heard of dmt before if not you it's Part of your brain that's activated upon two parts of time in your life upon childbirth and upon death and so we're activating that part of our brain through this brew mm -hmm. and for a period of time four to six hours and so when people have said uh i've had this near-death experience you know maybe you get in a car crash or you've had this traumatic thing where you feel like your life flashes before your eyes mm -hmm. that but being induced by this brew that you mm -hmm. drink. Mm -hmm. And so you wanna, it is, it's a powerful and it can be, um, you know, it can be scary sometimes, mm -hmm. but it can also be very blissful. Mm -hmm. And what happens in that period of time, I like to tell people, it's like a lucid dream. Mm -hmm. You're watching a lucid dream. It's a, dr it's a dream about your life. 
on things you need to let go of, gives you direction. Uh, it allows you to purge, obviously, things that are no longer serving you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, a, that's, a, that's the physical aspect of ayahuasca is you mm -hmm. can have physical purge where you literally, wow. you're puking. Um, and those are energy releases. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a part of ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. um, but you also get really amazing insights and you can get learn different parts of yourself. And it, for me, I trust more of the medicine coming from the jungle and more of, you know, a, a shaman versus big pharma. And I'm not saying big pharma is completely bad. I feel like some people do need some type of prescription medications mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, stay sane sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when you're prescribing stuff for kids from 13 to 14 years old, and they want you on something until the day you die, you just become a number. You just become yeah. part of the equation for them. Yeah, yeah. Not healing. Um, it's, it's, it's really numbing is what it is. Mm -hmm. Ayahuasca, is a, it's a form of a psychedelic or a hallucinogen. So you're, you're experiencing uh, parts of yourself uh, that are not part of this physical world. So you can see different realms of existence. Um, I've seen myself in past lives before. Um, you know, so it is, a, it's when you talk about hallucinogens or psychedelics, it's oftentimes outside of the physical world reality. And so you can see um, what, what the wall behind me, which looks like stone and uh, metal and wood within psychedelic experiences can take on different uh, forms or shapes. Um, so that's when your, your perception of reality is distorted. That would be, you know, the, the use of uh, psychedelics or um, um, it's out of out of this world or out of physical world reality um, of what we think is normal. Um, and so it's powerful in that way. And that's why you can't be treated as a recreational thing unless you really you got to know, know what you're taking. You got to know the people that are administering this. Um, there's and this is what I'm going to talk more and more about in. Um, my website is I'm actually doing a course on this as yeah. far as how to treat this as a medicine, how to take this medicine, um, knowing your dose. That's another big thing, knowing yeah. how much to take. Because look, it's, it's illegal in a lot of different countries, but people are taking it all the time. Mm -hmm. But there's safety protocols. And that's what really I want to instill to other people is mm -hmm. remember, is a medicine everything that we use coffee is a medicine tobacco is a medicine mm -hmm. it's with intention but if we just start numbing ourselves and we just start consuming yeah um a way that's unconscious that's where it becomes a habit or that's where it becomes an issue mm -hmm. um, psychedelics are the same way you could you could use psychedelics for the wrong reasons you know to numb or to just get outside of yourself and and um and uh you know not have to deal with physical world reality mm -hmm. again attention why am i going into this medicine why am i taking this how is this healing my body how is this bettering myself and others around me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um so you mentioned the the power of psychedelics like what is it that you go in a different dimension that you start experiencing and seeing things that are from a higher dimension what 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 do you see what do you experience um can you just give us yeah. like a more visual and do you remember it do you remember the the things that you see yeah i mean you don't remember everything but you remember what you're supposed to remember that's probably okay. the best and so with ayahuasca four to six hour experience you can experience sacred geometry i've traveled into other lands you know going into um you know the time of the pharaohs or you oh. sometimes literally you feel like you're in an uh, you know uh um, some type of spaceship and, and you know, it sounds funny and it sounds crazy but it is out of this world experience and so you know for me growing up I was like well there's a physical world reality I didn't really believe in spirits that much or I didn't really know of any other entities or powers outside of what I experienced in my own life then when you start opening up to this world, you do realize there are energies, there are spirits, there are other uh, realities out there. And I think that's what's happening with the psychedelics. The power of the psychedelics is pulling back the veil and discovering, you know, there are other things around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you are open to it, some people don't need 
plant medicine or ayahuasca or psychedelics to do it. They can do it by, you know, they're just open to it. You know, their spirit and their soul is more open to see these different types of realities. Mm -hmm. uh, but what psychedelics do is they, they pull back the veil and they open you to that existence mm -hmm. um, in a clear way. Mm -hmm. and, and like I said, it's yeah. the faint heart. It's not just to be used. Oh, I just want to go try it. Like you've got to know what you're getting mm -hmm. this stuff. Yeah. So, so now when you're more in touch with not just the physical world, but the spiritual world, um, how, what value did, does that give to you as a human being? Like, so now you're, you're kind of aligned with the spirituality side of things and you are more intuitive and you're more connected to the source and whatever source means to you. Yeah. Then now what? Um, so when you are, for me personally, when I've had that connection with source, what you feel is a more connected to oneness, mm -hmm. you know, to all of those around you, to the family, even the trauma that's happened to you. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's more of an understanding of, oh, no, I'm connected into this web. We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. And so there is less of this, oh, it's just me. It's now, oh, no, this is we. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel more of that essence of we're all in this together. How can, how can now I put my energy into the world that's going to better others? as well mm -hmm. and so i would say that's the interconnectedness that you feel mm -hmm. that's the one one of the most powerful things is mm -hmm. now my is stepping forward into everything i do every single day how i treat people how i speak to people and what i'm putting the message i'm putting out to the world mm -hmm. is much mm -hmm. amazing and and so do you ever feel that you're kind of lost in those two states like in the spirituality state and the physical state it's like you feel that it, you the environment that you're in are in a different space than you are or it's like it's like sometimes you feel detached of the physical world and too much into the spiritual world is this something that you've experienced no, i i would say no because i mean i i'll have my experiences and then i integrate and then a big part of the the integration is being back in the physical world you know touching the body and here i am and you know okay i everything is back to normal mm -hmm. um it people can get stuck in that world if you continue to do i would say you know cannabis for instance yeah you know you can consistently be stuck in a haze mm -hmm. and not get stuff done uh mm -hmm. you know it's a very Typical thing, you know, uh, yeah. smoking too much weed, drinking too much alcohol. Um, those, those are ways you can numb and not be, and, and kind of be stuck in this, you know, limbo state. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the worlds of ayahuasca or cambo or, you know, DMT, you, you can't be stuck in that world. You can't, you can't just continue to consume that. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you know, it's <laughs> uh, be very challenging to move through this life. Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. that goes back into trusting and knowing the facilitator, knowing the shaman that's doing this, mm -hmm. um, and you know, practicing it in a safe way. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That's Sorry, uh, I was just—that's a big part of it. Is you learn this information from these types of ceremonies or these experiences, you'll get messages to apply to your life, and then you apply them to your life. Yeah, you, know, you, you don't yeah. go back in that world of psychedelics until you've actually done what you said you were supposed to do. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes what happens is um, now you know, what is it that you're supposed to do, but procrastination hits and you end up not doing it. You keep delaying it, but then you reach a point where now you hit rock bottom and it's like it, the world forces you to actually implement what you, you were, you were like your intention was to create. Is this something that's actually a thing? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, no, that's definitely. Um, and procrastination happens to all of us. And we get messages. By the way, you know you're supposed to do certain things, uh, and you don't do it. And what ends up happening is it just it becomes a accumulation of things I'm supposed to do. And at some point, you're going to hit your breaking point, and you're either going to or you're going to go back to old patterns, your old ways. Yeah. So it's really you still have the choice in everything that you do, you could get the, the message of, oh my God, I got, you know, I have to go move to Hawaii, yeah. but I still have choice in this world. I can still decide what I want to do. Uh -huh. You know, all it's up to you. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but, but when you feel guided to do so, is it isn't it that you're supposed to kind of go and listen to it and see what it it because it, it, it comes to you for a reason, right? And yeah. if you don't listen to it, does it mean that you're losing like you're losing something from the full experience? Yeah, I look at it this way is you're tested in many different ways. Yeah. And I've been tested so many different ways. You know, for example, I've got a message that you got to move your mom from, you know, uh, back home, Minnesota to California. And I was like, what? Yeah. And it was a test and I did it. And I was like, and I had, you know, obviously my mom had the choice. I was like, Hey, I'm thinking of, you know, moving you. Would you like to come move into California and stay near me? And she did. And I was like, Oh my God. So that was a test. And it was something she really wanted to do. I've gotten other messages like this. I need to go meet this person, or I need to go um, take this meeting or, you know, I need to change this part of my life. I have to tell somebody this. So you get these things that you, uh, messages that you should do, but ultimately it's up to me. There's been some where I'm like, ah, you know, it doesn't feel right right now. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some of these that you, some messages, again, ultimately you have the choice of what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say in the long run, you know, the messages that come through are usually right and okay. you should listen to it. Um, and whether you listen to it now or when you're 80, yeah. you know, it's up to you. Still going back to this, the voice, like how do you know that this is not your mind creating yeah. this or you wanting to believe that this is the right thing? How do you know that it's, it, that you're the one being guided to? Yeah. Well, I go, you, you look at it this way is... Mm -hmm. When you were a little kid mm -hmm. and I don't, you know, something that brought you so much joy of, you know, going to get cotton candy. Yeah. You know, there was, there was no doubt in your mind that you wanted that. And that was mm -hmm. going to happen or what it was. Maybe it was cotton candy or maybe it was, you know, the ice cream man was coming and your whole body was uh, lit up and your heart was singing and you're like, ah, I can't wait to get that ice cream. Yeah. Those are extreme yeses. Mm -hmm. There's also the extreme no, where there's a dog viciously barking and coming after you. Mm -hmm. And you know intuitively in your heart and your entire core and your being that I'm not going to put my hand towards that dog. And I'm not going to, you know, try and hug that dog. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull. Away. Those are extreme yeses and those are extreme no's. Mm -hmm. Come the same way. And you learn to hear the extreme. The, the yeses and you learn to hear the no's mm -hmm. and so it may become more subtle but that's the way that's the barometer you start working with is I know my my hell yeses and I know my hell no's mm -hmm. and so we learn then is what are our yeses that are coming through and obviously we can filter that but um and, and same thing with the no's so the message that comes through is you got to think of that is like is this is this me is this is this uh a higher power telling me something to do. Obviously mm -hmm. I have choice, but go into the extreme. You start, you have to learn how to hear and filter those messages coming through. Mm -hmm. um, and practice just like everything mm -hmm. else. But, and some people, some people are really, really good at it. You mm -hmm. know, they, they get a message and they just know intuitively. Yeah. And those are very powerful leaders. You know, by the way, people that own companies and they're in charge of thousands of people they have to intuitively know a yes and a no now, you know, they have to lead directions of companies or directions of people in a, in a very powerful way. So they have, they learn to listen to their intuition. They learn to listen to, um, you know, that message coming through what's going to be best for the company mm -hmm. or for the people. Mm -hmm. um, and same thing with the no's they learn, ah, this isn't the direction we should take. Um, and so that comes from just, that comes from more knowledge, that comes from more education, that, that comes from just learning to trust yourself. And by the way, you're going to screw up. You're going to screw up. You're going to, oh, I, I think I should do this. Yeah. Oh, really? You oh, no, you failed. That didn't work out. Yeah. And, but you learned something. It is not a failure. If you learn something mm -hmm. along the way. So you learn as you go through life, you learn what the yeses and the nos are. And you remember, okay, wait, I thought that that was a yes, but really it was probably a no. Mm -hmm. And you just 
learn, you know, how that communication works with your body. Yeah, 100%. And you talked a lot about how diet and sleep have to do a lot with your well-being and how many hours of sleep do we need per day and and diet as well like is there a specific diet that you learned is like the optimal diet for our well-being yeah i mean everybody's different so mm -hmm. i can speak from personal experience i always look at the intake so liquids foods thoughts that you think those are the three big intakes uh-huh so for you know as far as the diet focus on natural um you know natural organic foods it's always going to be best for the body so staying away from the high sugar staying away from alcohol staying away from starches um, also um, a diet heavy on red meats is now not always good you need to take time away from yeah meat that's that's my experience uh -huh. um, also dairy you know as we get older we don't really need dairy yeah. i know everybody loves cheese and chocolate but we don't need dairy. We don't need that. Uh, and like I said, everybody's different for mm -hmm. me that as I got old, as I got older and as I, you know, became more aware of my body, dairy, I, I cut out dairy, um, heavy grains. I don't, I don't need a lot of heavy grains. What do you grain mean by, what do you mean by heavy grains? Like, uh, wheat and gluten. I've cut out a lot of that in my diet, mm -hmm. uh, alcohol, cutting out alcohol in my diet. Um, not to be said, I can still have a drink every once in a while, but I just know it's, you know, it's a poison. It's a toxin for my body. Mm -hmm. And so going on a more vegan vegetarian diet is always good for your, for yourself. Again, mm -hmm. you have to learn what you're, listen to your body. It'll tell you what you need. There's times mm -hmm. where I'm like, oh, I need to eat some meat, yeah. you know, and I go, but I, I, I choose really good meat. I choose all organic or um, you know, grass fed meat, you know, or open range. Mm -hmm. And so don't go in to buy the cheapest thing at the store, mm -hmm. you know, learn that it costs a little bit more for a reason, mm -hmm. because somebody really cared for these animals really cared for these vegetables in order for you to get uh, powerful nutrients to your plate. Mm -hmm. And so and that and just start looking at the labels and start looking at, you know, all organic, you know, what that means. And and consume well that's a big part of it consume mm -hmm. well um obviously a lot of water drink lots of water that's another big part of it yeah um yeah but i think in inherently we all know what we need what we should be eating we've mm -hmm. heard it enough we're, we're in the time where there's a lot more information out there um and you know you know you shouldn't be uh you know drinking a bottle of wine for dinner or eating all that sugar which is the biggest um, you know, addictive uh, substance out there, sugar, yeah. uh, alcohol. So just, you know, trust it. You, you, you know the information. If you don't do some research on it and, and then start listening to your body. If you're finding yourself um, in chaos or in disease, you're prone to illnesses. If you're getting a lots of colds or flus throughout the year, start looking at your diet. Um, ADHD is another big one. Um, you know, a lot of these diseases that are coming out are our biggest brain in our body, not here, it's in our gut. Mm -hmm. So how to work with the gut, learning what you're putting in there will impact the rest of your body and it impacts your health. So mm -hmm. it's a big. Mm -hmm. And why do you like really stress on this idea of being organic or grass fed? Like if you, if you ate a uh, meat that is not that, because sometimes it's not available for everyone in the world. Not everyone has access to that. And um, why do you emphasize on that? So is there, is it bad to consume other meats? What effect does it have on your body? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say good or bad because when you're in survival mode and yeah. that's what you, that's what you eat. Yeah. Uh, but have the choice if you have the choice and you can choose i would say choose organic because it is you look at it you're taking on the energy of uh whatever animal you're consuming for mm -hmm. example mm -hmm. or vegetable you know if a vegetable's sprayed with pesticides and um you know pulled wrong and you know and, and not conscious about how they're growing it. Mm -hmm. So if it's grown in, you know, uh, a field with oil and gasoline yeah. and heavy pesticides, guess what? You're consuming those oils, those, that gasoline and those pesticides. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had the choice, I'm not going to put that in my body. If mm -hmm. you have no choice, you do what you need to do to survive. Mm -hmm. Same thing. 
but the meats that you're eating. You know, if you have a chicken that's been living in a cage for its entire life and's never seen the outside world, uh, you take on that energy of that egg that's being produced, or you're taking on that energy of the pig that's being produced. Mm -hmm. Because like I was saying in the beginning, we have cellu cellular memory. So mm -hmm. we're a vibrational being, so are animals, so mm -hmm. are plants. So if in their environment, as they grow, they're stifled and they're in fear and they're in that, you know, that constant fight or flight, guess what? That energy's passed on through the meat and into the body and that's what you consume. Mm -hmm. Again, if that's what you have, you, you, you take what you can get. Uh, you know, if you're in survival mode, yeah. obviously. If you yeah. have the choice, I would, you know, and there's a lot of documentaries around this as far as following these massive farms of chickens, cows, pigs, that are it literally just mm -hmm. there for mm -hmm. and they're very poor you know poor quality and, and and you're for me if i had the choice i would i would love to consume an animal that's been wild and you know yeah. at least you know fed the right foods and yeah. because i'm now taking a part of that i'm part of that animal yeah so that's yeah. where you're going to and the food you're eating understand where this is coming from mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you mentioned uh, also as well like um when you you're eating the food you're getting the energy and you said like you listen to your body because your body knows what it wants and it needs um how long like how can you assess if what you ate now is good for you is it like in the next three hours that you can really know that okay my body is not really like this what i ate is not really good for my body how can you really assess what mm -hmm. food is good for you and what food isn't well i mean you can trust the labels look at the labels that's a big part of trusting mm -hmm. what you're eating mm -hmm. you know there you know, we have labels on foods for a reason you know mm -hmm. industry has made that a part of yeah. uh the information age is yeah. making people aware of it however if you are consuming something yeah and you're feeling extremely lethargic or you're extremely hyper you know look at okay what did i eat for example, the extreme example would be sugar. If yeah. I'm eating a sugar, I can have a super huge spike yeah. of energy. I crash. Yeah. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about like if you're eating healthy, like fruits, vegetables, um, meat, oh, yeah. and if you're eating healthily but not organic, not um, I mean like if you're eating generally healthy, but sometimes you know what our bodies tend to reject even healthy food. So some bodies do not like process, let's say broccoli or other kinds of food. So how how can you really be aligned and trust your body and know what it is that it wants? Well, it life is an experiment. You know, you have to play with it. And you could go into Ayurvedics and go see an Ayurvedic specialist or people that really study foods. You know, you can um, take blood tests and they will tell you. Uh, what type of foods you should are good for your body uh, mm -hmm. and foods that you should stay away from. Mm -hmm. So, you know, go consult a doctor in, mm -hmm. in that manner. Mm -hmm. But it is an experiment, you know, like just as we were kids, we learn what foods we liked and what, what resonated with us. As we mm -hmm. go get older, it's the same mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm a root vegetable, then I'm like, ugh, this doesn't taste good and there's nothing good happening. Or if I'm eating garlic and it doesn't do mm -hmm. anything good for my body, mm -hmm. we learn. Uh, it's an experiment. And um, if you're generally eating good food, mm -hmm. uh, but not getting the full benefits, also mm -hmm. look at it. You know, are you moving? Um, or is your, are you drinking enough water? Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's really about learning what works for you. Mm -hmm. And there's no way, there's, you know, my way is not right for you either. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what I've learned here is, is I, I have a hard enough time figuring out myself. <laughs> yeah. works. I'm not going to try fix anybody else you know yeah. tell them what to eat 100 and and regarding to sleep like we're going towards the end of the episode but just like the last two points which is sleep so what are the benefits of sleep do you suggest like did you find uh, from all your studies and traveling around that you know what this time is the best time to sleep if fasting is good for sleep like what are some things that you really learned about sleep Yes, to all the above. So uh, fasting is good. Yes, by the way, fasting is good. Um, but I would say that uh, anywhere between six to eight hours is my optimal sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, if I eight hours, that's really, you know, my, a, a good point for me. Learning to shut down electronics three hours before going to sleep um, is really good. So not looking at your phone, not doing computer work, not staring at a TV, because what it's doing is, oh, it's waking the brain up. The mm -hmm. brain is telling 
it's daylight. Mm -hmm. um, so shutting down all electronics before going to sleep. I try and go to sleep around 10, 10 p.m. now for myself. Mm -hmm. That's what, that works for me, shutting everything down and I get up earlier. And, you know, ideally what we did before, you know, the time of the light bulbs and, you know, before all this new energy, yeah. uh, the amount is we went to bed with the seasons. So as it got dark, we went to sleep and we woke up with the sun. Mm -hmm. So if we can get into that rhythm, that's always best. Mm -hmm. we, we don't have a choice sometimes with the, our work schedules and mm -hmm. kids and everything else. So um, we adapt. But if you can get into that six to eight hours of sleep, optimizes eight hours of sleep, we get into that theta rest. Theta is a part of our brain wave that allows for the restoration in our entire body. Mm -hmm. So we want we're getting that theta deep sleep deep REM and that's how we restore our bodies because you know when you don't get sleep you're more irritable you know you're more prone to disease you're more prone to illness so we want to make sure we're getting that deep restful sleep mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. awesome yeah. and to end the episode I usually have this one question and it's what is your definition of success so what does success mean to you ah uh, success to me is happiness with whatever you're doing mm -hmm. that is you know, it's, it's really, you know, at the end of the day, what do I want is just to be happy mm -hmm. and that that's success. And I want to be happy with my relationships. I want to be happy with my work. I want to be happy with the abundance that's coming in. I want to be happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. The most successful people to me are those that can laugh through life yeah. and just have. Fun. Yeah. So would you consider yourself successful? Yes. Awesome. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm a work in progress. I'm still, look, I still get sad. I still get, you know, things bother me sometimes, but generally I can, I find humor in it. And mm -hmm. that's what that's so amazing. Thank you so much, Lane, for sharing all that. I love the topics that we jumped on from food to nutrition, to, to sleep, to psychedelics. It was just amazing. Thank you so much. And for people to connect with you, learn more about what you do, uh, where should they connect with you? Yeah, they can go to whatsyourmedicine.org. It's a website I have. And it also outlines a lot of the different videos and medicines that I've practiced and are now preaching from around the world. And I'll be doing my tutorials there as well. And a lot of my coursework that you can find over there. Mm -hmm. And how about Instagram or LinkedIn? Do you have any other, other yeah, platforms? It's uh, Carlson Lane at Carlson Lane. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Awesome. Yep. So I'll attach all the details to the link to your Instagram and the website below. So if right. this episode like really resonates with you, please feel free to connect with Lane. And again, thank you so much, Lane. And for everyone listening, I hope you have an amazing, awesome rest of your day. Thank you again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to subscribe and rate my podcast. Honestly, it takes a few seconds to do so, but really helps more people to learn about the podcast and impact more people's lives.